Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys. And then I was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up? Welcome to the Canes Train Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, go follow at Canes Train Pod. Keep up with everything. Oops, turned my mic off. Oops. Um, yeah. How's everybody doing? It's a new year still. Hey, how long do we go where we still say Happy New Year? Like... Is, is it just indefinitely? Because I feel like, and maybe it's specifically this year, because of the 2020-2021 thing, everyone has it in their brain that, like, we're, all the crap is done when, like, in reality, the universe doesn't give a shit that you call it a new year. It's still the same as yesterday. Um, but, like, how long do we wait before you stop saying Happy New Year to people? Because, I don't know, it's, like, January 6th now. I still get told Happy New Year on a daily basis and it's like all right it's new but i mean it's you know on the first cool on the monday after the first cool after that stop stop it you're not still saying merry christmas are you do you say merry christmas nine days after christmas no if you i mean maybe you do but you're you're weird if you do and i think that we all would agree on that right you're definitely weird if you're saying that that late um, but happy new year. For some reason, we just keep saying that for like weeks, dude. Every email, every text, every time I run into a person I haven't seen, like in the professional world, especially since December 31st has to start with happy new year. And it's like, sure. You too, I guess. It's kind of a weird thing in general. Like, have you ever thought about how weird celebrating the new year is to that extent? Like, I don't know. To me, it's just not a big deal. Like, we decided that the calendar flips on that day. We, we picked that. We picked that out. We, we decided, you know, what we were going to call the months and all that. So the January 1 of a new year, like, we we'd made that up. So 
the fact that we celebrate it like we didn't is just interesting to me. Like it's some universal phenomenon where it's like, oh, I mean, it is a year, okay? Like I can't argue the science of the fact that a year is, you know, what it is. But it's just odd that people get that into it and that you have to tell me Happy New Year every... You t- Have you told every person Happy New Year that you haven't seen since December 31st? Like, are you going to, are you going to see someone in, on March 18th and you haven't seen them since December and you go, oh, happy new year. And they're going to go, oh, what? It's March. You'd be like, yeah, I just haven't seen you. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be a psychopath to that person. Probably forever. Like your friendship is over with that person. They now think you're a weirdo and rightfully so really just, you know, I feel like at this point, let's just chill with the happy new years, right? Let's let's maybe ease off on the Happy New Year's. It's it's been a week. We get it. It's a new year. Cool. It's it's no different than it was six days ago. Like, I, do you feel different? No, me either. That's because it's not different. Anyway, um, I don't know what works better for this show. Maybe you can let me know. Maybe I'll post a poll on this. What works better when we start with like real, when we start with hockey stuff or hockey related stuff? Or when we start with just nonsense, like, do you, would you rather, you know, work your way up to hockey stuff and be like, well, here's the freaking shit show and then be like, all right, now he's talking about stuff. Or would you rather like start off serious talking about stuff and then just divulge into nonsense? I don't really know which way I prefer better. I think I like it at the end better, which is why I'm going to save off the rails this week for the end of the episode. This week, I say it's really the second time this week, an episode has come out. Monday, Thursday, of course, we're back to that rotation with season two starting up. But um, yeah, I'm going to save off the rails for the end of the episode. It's an interesting one, too. I just kind of found this article looking for weird things, and I found this one, and it really stood out to me, especially some of the quotes. Uh, the most notable thing going on right now in the hockey world is that big team USA victory over those fools to the north. Uh, the USA... Junior team taking home the gold medal at the World Junior Championship. Uh, you know, honestly, I think that following, I think that having an insane, I think it's interesting, World Juniors. Like, I think it's interesting to see new prospects come up and, and play and just look at the talent level, uh, basically, of the future of the NHL. I think that's cool. It's like an all-star game, basically, for, um, you know, young stars. We used to have that, right? Wasn't there a Young Stars thing as part of the All-Star weekend? Whatever. Um, but it's cool to like see the next generation, essentially, of, of good players and, and potentially like All-Star level players, right? Uh, so I think it's cool to follow. But I think it's odd to like have a passionate rooting interest in junior teams. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority on that, but like, I don't, it, people are like, who do you think is going to win? I'm like, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me. Like, yeah, sure. USA is good. It doesn't really, it doesn't really bother me if they win or lose. Like it's cool either way, but I'll tell you what was the difference this year. Canada, you are some cocky bastards. Like, wow. First of all, how are Canadians like so nice in person? And then on the internet, they are like the evilest mob of subhuman species that exists. They are crazy. And I get, I think the answer is passion. I think Canadians are just so passionate about hockey 
that like it's unhealthy. <laughs> like it's it's not a healthy level of of uh passion over a thing that really doesn't matter outside of you liking it, you know? Like it's not important to the rest of anything. It's just a game. Like I can acknowledge that. I love hockey. Like half of my life at least rotates around hockey. But I can still acknowledge that it's just a game. I don't think a lot of people can acknowledge that it's a game. I think they're like, this is my life. This is this is it for me. Like, I don't know. But Canada, everyone in Canada was talking uh, the most shit about how it wasn't even going to be close. They were going to blow us out of the water. We had no chot, no chot or shot. We didn't have a chot. We didn't have a shot. Uh, we didn't have a chance. Maybe that's the two words I was combining right there. Uh, and then what happened? Fast forward, we get a shutout victory. Shout out to Spencer Knight. Shout out to Trevor Zegris, man. That dude is insane. All over the place. Looks like the, a really, really good player. The only thing I was hoping happened was that Ryan Suzuki uh, netted a goal. That would have been cool. We could have won 2-1, let Ryan Suzuki get a little bit of uh, you know, recognition. But either way, what a game. If you watched it, cool. The only reason I even watched it and cared about the result was because uh, of how much shit Canadian people were talking. I mean, at that point, like I, anyone that's that cocky about anything where I'm like, mm, I think it's closer than you're making it out to be. Like You're acting like we have a 1% chance of winning. Like I think it's more like a 40% chance, you know? Uh, Team USA is pretty good. So, like, I don't think you're as far apart as you think you are. Um, and I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know that Team USA's, that USA Hockey's developmental program now, it hasn't surpassed Canada. Like, whether or not you have more natural talent in a country that just the sport's more popular and every, you know, athletic person growing up is probably looking at playing that sport, whereas a lot of the really athletic people in the U.S. are playing other sports, um, you know, I, uh, I think that USA's developmental program has taken huge leaps over the last like 10 years or so. And I think that, um, there's a lot of just players learning the, the little things that matter. Like what I saw in that game was grinding it out, like just effort. I'm not saying that can, the Canadian players didn't give effort. Of course they did. Um, I'm just saying that I saw a lot of battles won by team USA. Like it just seemed like they had more invested in that game, which is odd because you would think it would be the other way around. And maybe they were motivated by the same stuff that I was motivated to root for them by, you know? So don't be too cocky, I think is the moral of the story. In Canada, it's cool. Uh, you know, we won't shit on you too much. But, like, you do it to yourself, you know? You should have just been like, I don't know, dude. We're really good. Like, I'm confident in us. I think we're going to win. I would have been like, you are really good. I mean, I you probably will win. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Sure, fair enough. That's not how it went. It was like, you fucking... Losers, there's no way they win. I would bet a million dollars on this game. How many people are like way out of money also? How many people bet those stupid bets and then lost and like threw their TV out of a seven-story building? Um, I, that has to exist, right? But World Juniors, yeah, it's kind of weird to me. I don't really know. I don't, I don't typically, I'm just like, I want to see how the players um, in my team's organization do. Uh, you know, I'm somewhat interested in how Team USA does just because it's fun to follow along a little bit and know what's going on. And I just think, I just, I, I guess I have pride in um, USA producing more and more talented hockey players. I think that that's cool because I want the sport to become more of a rooted thing in the U.S. So it's cool when USA's junior team and, and kids are, you know, good players. Like that's important to inspire more and more going 
forward. Like I would love to say that, you know, out of the top five best players in the world, three of them are American. Like that's cool. Um, so I'll, I have a rooting interest for that, but like, I am not that passionate about it. Uh, and a lot of people are super passionate about this. It's just odd to me. Maybe it's because Canadian NHL teams just like don't win anything. And so this is a thing that they're like, we can win. We can win this. We have to win this. Like they got to win something, right? Uh, sorry, Canada. Another L. Dissed your way. Oops. Oops. I shit on Canada. Oops. My bad. Uh, anyway, this is a boring week, but it's getting exciting. Like what I, when I say that, I mean, um, like there's, it's, it's training camp still. Like it's not, all the stories are like, yeah, we're working hard to get ready. Cool. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know how much more I can preview a season other than talk about the same things I've talked about. And like, if you've listened before, you're just gonna be like, this guy just talks about the same shit every day. Well, can more stuff happen, please? You kind of heard me break down the, the training camp roster and what roles I expect players to fill, um, who's competing for a spot. I feel like the roster's pretty set in stone. Um, we'll just wait to see, to me, how they utilize that taxi squad situation. Um, and we'll wait to see how line combos... I mean, I guess everybody's interested in what the line's going to be. Like, dude, whatever they end up being, they'll change in the first five games of the season. I don't really know why we focus too much on what lines start the season. Like, you've seen it mixed up. Let me actually pull up here what the lines have been in camp. Let's see. I am perusing uh, Chip Alexander with the um, with the News and Observers timeline here to see what, because he's always there, you know. Um, and it seems, well, we got a quote from Rod Brennamore here saying, people shouldn't read too much into the lines. Hey, good fucking point, Rod. Because you know what? They just don't matter until it's real. Like, it doesn't matter what the lines are right now. Um, but, you know, to make some of you guys happy, I'm happy to read it, you know, and see what it is. Um, man, where the fuck are these things? He tweets a lot, dude. Jesus. He tweets so much. Um... I don't know. I can't even find it. It doesn't matter. I remember that Svetch and Aho and Teravainen weren't on the same line. Doesn't matter. Um, like, I wouldn't read anything into that. I'm sure that they'll start on the same line. if it, Or they find a... Like, it's just... You're trying... You already know what that line is. So, like... I don't know. Is there a point to continuing to test it? Like, you already know what it is. So why don't you test other combinations? See if you hit gold or if it's... Or, you know, if, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. You go back to what you know works. But why not... Uh, why not try? Oh, it was Nino with Aho and Teravina. That's right. I mean, whatever can give Nino confidence, I'm for it. Because I think him and Dezingle need a good start to the year. I think it's all, I think the hurricane season in general is going to heavily be dependent on what kind of start those two guys have. Because I think the Hurricanes need them for their depth scoring, like for their total amount of scoring and not being just a one-line team. Um, I think that there's three guys that are going to need to produce uh, a, more than they did last season. And one of them, it's not really fair to say because he was only a part of the team for a short period of time. But that is Nino Niederreiter, Ryan Dezingle, and Vincent Trocek. I talked about this on Monday. I'm not going to go into it more. But I think that if they can get confident right off the beginning, I feel like they can ride that. And if they can produce, you know your your top guys are already producing. I expect a guy like um, 
Marty Natchez to continue to improve on last season, um, probably not numbers-wise because it's less games, but like play-wise, like I feel like he can be even more of a contributor than he was last year, and he was a good, he was a good uh, depth piece last year. You know, um, if you can put up 10, 15 goals this year, that's solid. Like we'll take that from anyone. Obviously, you want more than that from your top guys, but if you know people at the bottom end of your top six or in, in your top nine in general um, are looking like can produce like that. Cool. The other lines, I guess, Svech, Trocek, and Fast. Cool. I think they're just testing things out, you know. Two newer guys. One of them never played with a team before. We got Stahl, Fogel, Natchez. Uh, interesting to me. I mean, I feel like Jordan Stahl to compensate for Marty Natchez is still learning on the defensive side of the puck is an idea, you know. Um, whether or not Jordan Stahl can even come close to keeping up with those two other guys I don't know, but uh, I won't doubt Jordan Stahl. He typically proves me wrong a lot of time. I don't think that he'll fit in a role. Like he just, He's just a good player. You, wanna, you need a guy like that. Uh, and then Martin Nook with the Zingle and McGinn, which uh, is a line that you know could very well. I, I could see flipping the Zingle and Fogel uh, or not, but I think that Stahl-Fogel on a line together work well. I don't know. Fogel, I, I haven't decided what I think about his two-way game. I think that he's a obviously he's a penalty killer and all that, but I think that he at times has mental like he struggles. You know, uh, he's definitely still got more to work on than I think a lot. I think a lot of people just want to chalk it up as a, oh he's a good, you know, defensive forward, um, like a Brock McGinn type player. I think Brock McGinn is way better at defense than Warren Fogle is. I think Warren Fogle makes most of his mistakes uh, in the neutral zone, which is the most important part of the ice. And I don't think that's debatable. Like I don't think that's my opinion. I think that's just truth. Um, then we've got some questions, of course, to Dougie Hamilton. This was this one stood out to me. I like this, and I have thoughts on this also. Ask Dougie Hamilton about the new division and then what eight games against Columbus should look like. Answer, eight games against Columbus. First of all, good for you, Dougie. Second of all, what's the answer to that question supposed to be? What are you looking for? What are eight games against Columbus going to look like? The fuck? It, what he said is the answer to that question. What else is that? How else could you answer that question? That's a dumb question. <laughs> like, more power to you, Chip. Ask the questions you want. I don't have anything against you. But that one, that was a dumb question. Because what's the answer to it? What do eight games look like? It's, it's, it's the same thing as what it usually is, just more. Like, he didn't ask, like, you know, are you going to, is there going to be more of a rivalry? You're playing these teams more. That would have been more of a question. Or like, you know, do you think you learn more about each other? How do you think the matchups will work with more games? Do you think that, you know, lineups change? That's not what he asked. He just said, what does eight games look like? Like, well, it looks like fucking playing that team eight times. What else would it look like? I hate when people ask questions like that. And then, and then it's like the, oh, well, wow. They gave me this answer. But no shit. What else was he supposed to say? Like, I don't think he was complaining that Dougie gave him that answer. I think he was using it as, like, a comedy. But, like, no, you're the joke in, the, in that. <laughs> like, the, your question is the joke out of that. Anyway. Um, hopefully Andrei Svechnikov gets to play with his brother for once. Uh, I, heard, I heard a rumor that Evgeny was, like, nursing an injury. And I'm like, is this guy ever going to be healthy? Like, is this just not meant to be? Those two have to play each other. Um, power play work. We've got Aho, Teravine, and Trocek, Svech, and Hamilton on one unit. I like that. Stalled, Natchez, Nino, Dezingle, Gardner on unit two. Going to be a work in progress. But that top unit looks solid. Um, I like that Trochek's a righty. I like what he can do behind the net. And I also like his um, his playmaking and scoring ability. 
Svetch can do everything. And Hamilton being a righty as well, and you know what he can do on the point, like that's awesome. I I feel like, um, unless it is Svetch just has a, such a shooting option. The only thing I feel like this line lacks is a net front presence. Um, I would imagine the goal is for like Aho to be there, um, but and Trocheck to be on like between the half boards and you know behind the net type, and then Svetch is like ready to shoot at all times. Hamilton's the top of the point, and uh, Tara Vinen is in that other kind of playmaking position up near the point, depending on whether they run, you know, the umbrella or um, one where you got two guys at the point. But anyway, uh, so that's kind of what's going on at camp. It's 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 a lot of just you know uh, guys getting used to the system that haven't done it. Only a couple people haven't played. Playing, playing. I made up a word. Played. Maybe that should be the past tense to play. I don't know. Plain. He has not played in nearly six months. Like, what? That was the most British version of that word I could have picked. Um, the other big news is the AHL announced a plan to return. Um, the Hurricanes affiliate, uh, Chicago Wolves, are in. Um, but one of the three teams to opt out was the Charlotte Checkers. So, interesting. Um, Charlotte Checkers will not play this season. Uh, you think about what what that would have looked like for the Hurricanes organization had those players, um, like had that affiliate deal not have been done and they remained with the checkers, would have been interesting to see how that works. But those players will just get split to other teams um, and, and play on other AHL rosters still under the affiliation of, you know, whatever team. So for Florida um, prospects on the checkers will play elsewhere and still be, you know, the rights will still be controlled by the Florida Panthers. It's just going to be interesting. And it's not ideal, but hey, none of the world is ideal and hasn't been for a while. So it is what it is. But it's good to know, I guess, that the Hurricanes prospects will have a home um, and be able to have the closest thing you can possibly put on to a normal season because it's so important for those guys' development. Uh, juniors is the next question to me. I, don't, I haven't really looked into that a lot, um, but it'll be interesting to see exactly what a... Uh, CHL season looks like like what the ins and outs of that are um so there you go like what the what it turns into all that sort of stuff I don't know anyway that's enough uh hockey talk let's get into the let's get into the the uh nutty craziness of this article I found and you'll find that that was somewhat of a pun here we go uh um yikes this is off All right, off the rails time. I found an article perusing for weird stuff. And it's an article from six a week ago now. <laughs> Mysterious New York City squirrel attacks rise in Queens neighborhood. Report. Rico Park residents say they have experienced squirrel attacks since Thanksgiving. Residents in Queens, New York are facing a serious squirrel problem. Is that a sentence you thought you'd hear? Maybe in 2020, I guess. Six days ago. I don't know. Maybe it was 2020. Maybe not. Maybe the squirrel attack stopped on New Year's Day. Maybe that's why we're still thanking each or telling each other Happy New Year because it keeps the squirrels away. Maybe that's a secret. And maybe it's been spread because of this. Squirrels have been attacking because we weren't saying it enough. So we were like, we got we to gotta say it every chance we get. Maybe that's the secret. Multiple attacks have been reported in Rigo Park, according to local news affiliate Fox 5 New York. 
The Singh family from Rigo Park told Fox 5 that their neighborhood has experienced around 20 unprovoked squirrel attacks since Thanksgiving. What? 20? An unprovoked? So it's like these people are walking out their front doors and squirrels are just sprinting at them and being like, die. I mean, somebody has to animate this. Um, this is a quote. They have been randomly attacking people. Attacking is anywhere from jumping on them to scratching and biting aggressively. Uh, we don't know why it's happening. Well, you probably pissed them off. Have you kicked a nut lately? Maybe it was theirs. Maybe they're like, enough is enough. You keep stepping on our fucking acorns. You keep, you know, keeping us out of your bird feeders. And we're fucking tired of it. We're going to shit on you now. We're going to come after you. Uh, other Rico Park residents have been attacked so severely, they have been left bloodied by the aggravated rodents, according to recent photos and videos shared by social media users. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna argue the credibility of those photos uh, and how bloody you can possibly get from a squirrel attack. But hey, if you're a squirrel attack victim, you correct me on that. I'm happy to uh, change my view on it. This person, Michelin Frederick, which, first of all, what a name. What a name. It's exactly the, the type of name I would expect to see in an article about squirrel attacks, okay? This person... Uh, which is a female, I guess. She was attacked by a squirrel on December 21st. Quote, the squirrel didn't care. It just wanted something. It wanted blood. <laughs> uh, hang on, let me, re let me get into character here, okay? I'm, I will now be playing the role of uh, Michelin Frederick. I guess that's French. Anyway, I walk out. And I'm, like, distraught by all these squirrel attacks. I'm thinking about the trauma of it all. The squirrel didn't care. It just wanted something. It wanted blood. For a few days afterwards, I would come out with a shovel, just in case, looking around. So he, he's got envision that. You see a person, a distraught-looking, middle-aged female, walk out of her uh, home with a shovel, Looking around like nervously, seeing a squirrel and being like, ah, and fucking throwing the shovel at it. Dude, what are these squirrels doing? It's not clear why squirrels in this particular New York City neighborhood are attacking. Uh, you know, they said that they don't think there's a rabies outbreak, but if you think there's a squirrel with rabies, you should call it in. But anyway, that's my weird article for the week. Um, I love the, the quote of they, they wanted something. It wanted something. It wanted blood. Like, the fact that that person said that is so perfect. Like, what a quote. What a quote. If I was this reporter, I would have been like, fucking, I got the quote of the century, and it's fucking wasted on, a, on an article about squirrels attacking? No one's reading this. Except me. Except me. And I got it. And let me tell you, quote of the fucking year. The squirrel didn't care. It just wanted something. It wanted blood. That's the greatest quote of all time. So, so sincere. You have to love it. Um, all right. Well, uh, be careful out there. Squirrels are attacking. Make sure you bring your shovels with you uh, when you go to work and leave for all that, especially if you're in New York City. Um, you don't just have to worry about COVID. You got to worry about rabid squirrels. So um, bring your shovels. Always keep a shovel with you. That should be safety 101. Come on. This is an amateur hour. Pack your shovels. Um, you know, look out for those squirrels. They certainly want something. They want your blood, all right? So look out for that. Um, 
Happy New Year for the 9,000th time. You've probably heard that. Um, and we're done saying it now, okay? So say that to the next person you see and then never say it again. Deal? Thank you. All right, uh, next week, um, we'll get to we'll get into actually previewing the season. We should have a better idea of what the lineup is going to look like. Training camp will probably be getting narrowed down to uh, the NHL roster. And uh, for a week from today, uh, the Thursday episode next week, um, we'll be previewing the Canes Wings series with the guys that do the uh, Red Wings Rant pod, podca- podcast. Jesus, man. Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. So go check them out. Look out for that. Um, and uh, thanks so much for listening. Subscribe, like, rate, and review everything. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, all that, everywhere where you get podcasts. That's where you can find this show, Kane's Train Podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Take it easy, Canes Nation. Go Team USA. And uh, don't forget your shovels. Later.